Welcome back to My First Foot Beat. I'm Sergeant Technician Natasha Rose. In this podcast, we will talk to United States Secret Service Uniform Division members who have recently graduated from our academy at the James J. Riley Training Center. These officers will showcase their experiences along the way. Today, we will have a special edition of My Last Footbeat with one of our retiring officers, Officer Jacqueline Varner. So I had the great opportunity to speak with her today. Jacqueline, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. My name is Jacqueline Denise Varner. I was born and raised in a small southeast part of Alabama, a city called Clio, Alabama. Uh, very rural. Um I graduated high school. After high school, I went to junior college, Enterprise State Junior College, where I got my associate's degree in criminal justice. After that, I moved to Panama City Beach, Florida, and I worked with my sister in the U.S. Army recruiting station there because she was in the military. Um, I worked with her there, and then I worked at McDonald's on the beach in Panama City. So after that, I uh, decided I want to go into the military. So I uh, joined the U.S. Army and went into the military as a dental assistant and a hygienist. So after four years in the military, I got out because I really wanted to go into law enforcement. So um, I got out, moved to Atlanta, uh, worked in a private practice with dental assisting for about a year. And then I um, applied for the DeKalb County Sheriff's Department in um, DeKalb County, Georgia. So um, I stayed there for three years. And while working there, I saw an ad in the Atlanta Journal Constitution for the Secret Service. The Secret Service was hiring uniformed officers. So I applied, went through the process, and here I am okay. with the Secret Service. Well, I'm glad with all the um, knowledge and experience that you're bringing here to the Secret Service. Uh, we've had you here for so long over the time. I'm sure you had some stories being a part of the military, working in Atlanta as a police officer, and then obviously, you know, working obviously a starter job in um, McDonald's in uh, Panama City. I'm sure you have some stories. Um, your career path with the Secret Service over the years, what has that looked like? Um, it's been very rewarding. Um, after training, I was assigned to the White House branch um, on midnights. That was a permanent shift that was offered to me. So um, I came to midnights, worked at the White House for about two years, and then a position came open for recruiting. So I went to recruiting and worked there for three years and uh, went after that, I uh, went out to training at JJRTC and stayed out there for about three, three years. Um, then I came back to the White House because all roads lead back to the White House. So I came back to the White House and found my niche, and that was the West Wing. So I've been working the West Wing for, oh, my gosh, 
99% of my career. I'm sure, you know, working the West Wing, you definitely uh, have come across and experienced a lot of different things, uh, especially the midnight shift. I can attest myself as well as other officers and agents on the job, just your personality, um, talking to people and uh, being a listening ear, working the West Wing. Uh, everybody got a chance to sit down and have those little therapy sessions with you on the couch. Uh, and Everybody knows Jackie on the midnight shift. Uh, with Uniform Division, what is... Um, a character trait or character traits that you think is needed over the years uh, to be a uniform division member? Well, I think um, personally, I think it's two traits, character traits, one self-discipline and the other is perseverance. Um, self-discipline is to me just doing the right thing simply because the right thing to do. Um, as my mom used to say, don't be an eye servant. Don't do the right thing just because somebody is looking at you and watching you. Do the right thing at all times. Perseverance. You're going to need to persevere on this job because every day is a different day. So if one day is a bad day, hey, don't beat yourself up. Tomorrow is a new day. And just keep pushing, keep pushing for whatever it is that you want to achieve. So self-discipline and perseverance. I definitely think that those are two great um, character traits. You know, like you said, just hardworking, structured, and being, a, you know, a great example, but then also persevering through the different types of trips and training and all the things that are thrown at you as an officer on the day-to-day. -day. It's very important to have those type of things. Um, so you mentioned being from a small town in Alabama. How did, how did being from out of the area play as a factor in your career? Well, I would say it all started at home with my mom, home training. Um, it prepared me for um, moving here, uh, going into the military, uh, every aspect of my life uh, of being away from home. So I would say the home training and the discipline that my mother instilled in me. That, I definitely think that that's a great trait, you know, to uh, basically have the home training and structure from our parents. Yes. And I know through all the many conversations that we've had, you brought up a lot of all the different things that your mom had you doing, even at a young age, yes. to prepare you to be away from, um, you know, the small town and be up here living by yourself. So I definitely think that that was very important, you know, to have that home training as um, it played into moving up here for your career. If you could talk to a younger you at a halfway point of your career, what is one piece of advice you would give them? Don't entertain the negativity. Stay on that positive road, you know. Um, just in life general, generally, you're going to run into negativity everywhere you go. And on the job, you're definitely going to run into negative people. But... For me, it's been just stay positive. 
Definitely. Um, you know, sometimes when you have uh, certain things going on in your maybe your personal life, you might bring it to work and maybe take it out on others. I definitely feel like um, some people deal with the shift and changes and everything in a different type of way. And sometimes it can be a little bit of um, a, an eyesore or um, just um, a bad thing to um, have that type of, like you said, negativity, but to be able to figure out what works best for you and make it and turn it into a positive situation. If, you know, working a particular shift doesn't work for you, then move into another shift. Or if, um, you know, you feel like you still want to find time to work out, you know, find that time to work out. I just feel like uh, make time for you and just like you said, not focus mm-hmm. on the negativity. Being a female in law enforcement is unique and challenging at the same time. Can you describe your thoughts and experiences over the years? Um, yeah. Um, work training, going back to training. Um, training, they give you every tool that you need, okay, to succeed at your everyday task. And um, being a female, whether you're female or male, in law enforcement, just be able to hold your own because you have the training. Don't second guess yourself. Just, hey, go with your training. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, personally, everybody that knows me, it's nothing that a male officer can do that I feel that I can't do. I can hang in there with the best. Oh, so um, I don't look for any special treatment just because I am a female, because we're in this thing together. So, hey, if I got to back my partner up, he's a male. Hey, I'm there. You know, I'm right there. So um, I just think, you know, be able to fall back on the training, the training that was that was given to you. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, our classes, they're Mm -hmm. mixed female and male. And for a reason, you know, our CT standards are any different. Our shooting standards are any different because we are male or female. So the same standards that they have is the same standards I have. I can personally say for myself, you know, um, I won that PT award. I I beat out every, you know, male and female in the class. Uh, so don't get it twisted. Uh, so it, it really and truly doesn't matter when it comes to that, you know. So I do like to highlight on that is it's not, you know, it doesn't matter when it comes to the gender. We all get trained the same. We all get treated the same. Absolutely. Um, what would you recommend to someone that would like to follow in your footsteps? First of all, if you want to get into law enforcement, you need to know what you're getting into. This is a public service, okay? A lot of hours, long hours, unfavorable conditions. Ask questions. If you're a new um, applicant going through the process, ask questions. Um, when you go for your interviews or that initial testing, ask questions. I cannot overemphasize that. Ask questions because the people, that are there giving you answers. They've pretty much been through what you're preparing to go through. So ask the questions. And when you get the answers, believe the answers. Okay. Don't go by what you saw on TV. Oh yeah, definitely. This is not Hollywood. <laughs> this is not in the line of fire and all the other stuff that you've seen on TV. This is real life. 
the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly. Hey, it is what it is, but ask questions to make sure that this is what you want. Absolutely. You know, during that initial process, as those recruiters, as you've been yourself in your prior experiences, you have to ask all those questions, whether it be about salary, making sure that people know the benefits that are given to you. Um, Also talking about moving into the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. That is one huge thing. It is still to this day a surprise for people is that you will have to live in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. You're going to have to deal with the traffic, the cost of living and all the aspects that come along with that but definitely asking questions along the way throughout the initial process. What is the most enjoyable aspect of uh, or part of the job so far that you've experienced? Interacting with people. Um, I love what I do. I love working in the West Wing. I just love working wherever on the White House premises because you encounter so many different people. And then you are here to represent the Secret Service. It's not all about you, okay? You are here to represent the Secret Service, the President of the United States, the Vice President. So I would say my strong point is interacting with people. And also, I love the HMX, the HMX arrivals and departures. It never gets old to me, and I'm just like a kid in a candy store. When that helicopter comes on the south grounds, I'm like, I'm there. If it's time for me to even go home, I'm like, I got to watch this HMX. I got to watch it, you know, come in and take off. So it's just being around the White House and all the different people that you encounter, you know, whether it's the custodial crew, whether it's the... um, Park Service, crew, whoever. It's just the people that you're surrounded with. I could definitely attest to that. Everybody knows you as Jackie V in the West Wing. Um, 19 years ago when we met, um, I was very fortunate to be able to meet you. And as I call you mom now, and you're like a grandma to my kids, you know, being able to be there for me, answer all my questions on my therapy sessions on the couch in the West Wing. I'm telling you from agent to uniform division, everybody has sat on their couch invented about their personal lives, joked about work, talked about trips. So everybody knows Jackie Varner in the West Wing. Um, But as you mentioned, the HMX arrivals, uh, you know, the young kids call it, you know, say it hit different. It does hit different when you there personally watching it, you know, on the day to day. um, uh, Definitely it it does. It it, it strikes differently to you when you see it on the day to day as our job. How do you balance work life and personal life? Keep them separate. Work is work. And personal is personal. When I'm at work. I give it 200%. When I'm not at work, I don't want to hear about work. <laughs> so so um, just having that balance. And that's what I tell everybody. You know, if you're not a supervisor, stop looking at your phone when you're at home. You know, relax. Definitely. Do other things. Mm-hmm. Take that step away. Absolutely. So when you come to work, everyone knows when I'm at work, I'm in work mode. But when I'm not, 
I'm not. And by keeping them separate, um, that's what makes my job so enjoyable. Oh, yeah. So I know everybody that knows you personally, they know you love to cook. You yes. love to swing that tennis racket, you know, ride your bike and then just um, spend time with family. So I think you do a really good job of separating the two. And that is one of the things that you, you know, taught me very, very many years ago in regards to keeping separate in regards to personal life and work life. And I mean, I'm trying to still follow in your footsteps. It's a little hard. Sometimes I blend it, but definitely I'm still learning along the way. How do you prepare every day for a job with so much responsibility? I get seven hours of sleep a day, pretty much every day. Next, prayer. I stay prayed up <laughs> because I know people don't think I do or I feel like I have it so all together or whatever. But, um, yeah, prayer. Um, just meditating um, before I come in because with this job— even though it's exciting and I love it, uh, you never know what you what you may come into uh, once you arrive into the 18 and a half acres. And I have to be mindful of that. So um, it's a lot of responsibility. I know I carry it well, but it's a lot of responsibility. So I would just say sleep, pray. Proper nutrition. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's one of those things where sometimes the recruits come through training and they're like, um, I'm surprised we're learning this type of technique or, you know, go through this type of training. But we're training you for the what if. And I think mm -hmm. we do a really, really great job on the day to day of, you know, keeping the White House safe and, you know, all the things that are, you know, going on, you know, currently right now in the community. But. At the same time, you just don't never know what you're going to encounter as you're on the footbeat, you know, and you deal with individuals in the city. So definitely, you know, just got to just stay focused and get the sleep and, as you say, stay prayed up. Um, yes. What are some of the challenges you've come across so far in the career, whether hours or shifts or anything like that? To be honest with you, it's not many challenges that I've encountered on the job other than um, being a midnight officer, going to training on the day shift, because most of the training is conducted on day shifts, and a midnight officer working midnights and going to training can be a little bit challenging. So um, I would say that's about the biggest challenge because everything else, I keep it balanced. Definitely. And everything. So um, I would just say for midnight, if you're a day walker, hey, no problem. But for, for the midnight crew, uh, I would speak on their behalf. It's rough. It's a little rough, you know. But um, I was looking at an email not too long ago from one of our midnight lieutenants and um the chief had addressed the question about um, the midnighters, the midnighters um, going to training and then having to, um, you know, come back to work at night or what have you. So I think the chief is looking into, you know, that. 
Oh, he definitely has. He's actually already addressed it in regards to accommodating those midnight officers. Because like you said, most of the training goes on during the day. Yeah. And the last thing I need is your eyes closed as you shooting that fire on him. <laughs> so definitely that's one thing that he's addressed. And it's a little stuff like that when you guys give suggestions of what would work for your shift. And, you know, being a midnight officer for 20 plus years, that is a huge um, challenging thing when you work the midnight shift and then turn around, mm-hmm. have to go to days for training and turn around and come back to work the midnights. So I love the fact that the chief has already addressed this problem and already made it very clear that you guys will have the adequate enough time to get back into, you know, a sleep schedule to get back into um, your shift properly when it comes to that. So I do love the fact that he's addressed that problem yes. already. How do you feel about being a part of history on a daily basis? I feel grateful. Coming from a small town where we have one traffic light and moving here to work in the nation's capital at the White House, um, uh, one word sums it up for me, and it's just grateful. So everybody that knows you knows your first name is Jacqueline Vonner. And then I personally know that your mom named you after Jacqueline Kennedy. Absolutely. So I know that that is definitely something that is special to you as you work in the West Wing and in the mansion to be able to see the picture of Jacqueline Kennedy and the reason and, um, you know, some of the background um, of why you were even named that. So that is something that is personally special to you. So, you know, to know that and know that you being a part of history is a huge thing for you. So definitely. Definitely. Um, in your early career, do you remember what your first feet, foot beat was like um, at the White House? <sighs> yeah, it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> cold. Um, uh, it seemed like uh, my foot beat was always on the south fence line. And right there with that south Fountain blowing the wind, blowing the water on you. Um, yeah, it was only thing. Honestly, it's cold is all I can remember. Yeah, we used to joke all the time <laughs> about us both graduating in the month of February. Both of us having our birthdays in the month of February <laughs> and just how cold it was. Yes. So even being from the DMV area, I know I'm supposed to be used to the cold, but uh, yeah, I could take a break from it every now and then. But that is definitely something we joke about all the time mm-hmm. is our birthdays, but then also graduating in the um, month of February where it's really cold here. Um <laughs> What is one of the best experiences traveling as a uniform division officer for you? Uh, the best experience is um, just with traveling is just going to different places. And one place that really sticks into my mind is traveling to Poland. I didn't even know where Poland was on the map, but <laughs> <laughs> I went on a detail. Um, with Bush to Poland, and I didn't know what to expect or anything. I did know it was going to be cold, but when I got there and we were traveling to the hotel and going through these different little towns, actually, it reminded me of home, Alabama, Poland and Alabama, you know, because it's a lot of country, a lot of countryside. And then I see 
cows. And I'm like, this is just like Alabama. You know, this is just like where I grew up. And then um, we went to eat. And I'm like, okay, we're in Poland. I don't know what in the world I'm going to eat. But we went to this restaurant. Potatoes. Yep. Pork. Yep. I'm like, hey, this is <laughs> this is home here. So um, I, you know, I tell people travel. Uh, I tell my friends get out of your little town and go places because you think every place is so different. But every place that I've traveled with this job, I've been able to see a similarity of a small country town in Alabama. With all the differences, you still have some similarities. Absolutely. So that's that's what sticks into my head is my trip to Poland. And I'll never, ever forget that. Never. Definitely. Um, I've got a chance to travel all over the world myself. So, you know, even though it's trips that I'd never thought that I would even be there for it to have the government pay for me to be able to go it was really, <laughs> really great. Um, I will say that my trip uh, back to Germany, where it basically all started for me and my family, where um, my parents met when my dad was stationed there in uh, the military. Definitely. Uh, it was great to be able to, you know, get back there where it all started. So for me, definitely was a special trip. Mm-hmm. Um, Uniform Division has evolved a lot over the years. What are some things that uh, maybe stood out to you the most in regards to whether, you know, equipment, uniforms, technology? Um, I would say technology. Hands down, technology. Um, the new scheduling system we have now is awesome. Uh, when I first came on the job, All we had was, I'm dating myself back, but the green ledger book and pen, that was the scheduling right there. No phones, no nothing. I have to say it's scheduling because it makes our lives so much easier. We can do everything. Um, No more paperwork with TNA. Definitely. No more time cards. No Oh, yeah, uh, definitely the new scheduling system. I agree. Uh, with all the training and traveling that we do, our schedules sometimes are kind of up and down, up and down. So to be able to make those adjustments easily on, you know, our phones or your laptop is very important. You know, one of your many jobs over the years, uh, you worked in ASO. and We actually worked <laughs> together in ASO, you know, assignments and scheduling. So trying to work that out just on pen and paper. So to be able to have a scheduling system, you know, readily available for these officers to make adjustments, keep track of individuals where they're working, I definitely can say that what we've done over the years, the scheduling has been huge. So anything to make these officers' lives easier, I think, you know, definitely plays a part and is very important. So I definitely agree with you when it comes to scheduling. If you could go back and change one thing about your experience, um, what would it be and why? I would have come on the job much earlier than I did. And the reason is, it's because it's a great opportunity, a great career opportunity. Um, If I had to do it over again, I would do it over again. 
I would be right with the uniform division uh, doing what I'm doing uh, because I love it. Uh, it has so many perks. Um, it's just, um, hey, I've worked a lot of places, a lot of places. And um, the uniform division, the Secret Service is the best. I definitely, I can agree. Um, I came on a, right at 21. Um, I've def- had jobs leading up at, you know, student assistant with Department of Labor and, you know, just all the odds and ends up until this point. But being with Uniform Division at such an earlier age uh, definitely has matured me over the years. I've experienced a lot, but I do feel like your experience of, you know, being in the military as well as working as a cop in Atlanta has definitely made you who you are right now. Uh, The stories that we've talked about, um, even to the point of you wanting and being able to get your mortuary degree. I think that is definitely a huge thing. You know, the job has also allowed you to be able to do that. So I think that, you know, it is great to get on early, but we do love the experience that people bring to the table as well. And you brought a lot to that to the table. Thank you. You have a very supportive family dynamic. How has that helped you have a successful career so far? My family, they're very, very, very supportive. I cannot even begin to emphasize how important they are. Um, They understand the importance of what I do. So um, they support whatever. Uh, We build our family vacations around my schedule. if we're going on vacation, if we're having something, they're like, Aunt Jackie, my nieces, they're like, Aunt Jackie, what does your schedule look like? So um, my family, they're very supportive, um, and they don't put pressure on me uh, about, you know, when you're going to come home, when you're going to do this, or when you're going to do that. Um they're like, hey, we're on your schedule because we know you work for the president of the United States. So, uh, yeah, they're there. They're there for me, 100%. And my oldest brother, uh, I can't even begin to say what he means to me. Um, I talk to him four times a day. That's the only person I talk to and that much. You know, I talk to him coming to work, going home. When I get home, when I wake up, go to sleep. Um, my brother is there. He is my rock. He is my best friend. Even though I have a best friend in Atlanta, Camilla, my brother, um, my oldest brother is my best friend. I can talk to him about anything, anything. So, um, yeah, my family, hey, we're, we're a very, very close-knit Definitely. Um, I know how much your brother means to you. Um, Shout out to the truck drivers. Yeah. So that is why you guys have the ability to talk too much while he's, you know, driving back and forth um, different hours of the day. And then, you know, um, just making sure he's safe on the road. So, yes, you talk about him all the time. So, like I said, shout out to the truck drivers. But then also your nieces. I feel like your nieces (laughs) keep you very young and grounded. Absolutely. Um, I got a chance to be familiar with them in regards to their uh, jobs, Uh, the one that's a niece, the one that's a therapist, the one that works at the college. So um, 
to know them personally on that level and to know about your family trips to Hawaii and everything, I know how much that means to you and how much it keeps you grounded. So it's very important to know that um, having a supportive family system, how helpful that is to get through a type of career that we have and for you to blink and see that, oh, I'm, you know, almost about to be 57 years old. Absolutely. haven't skipped a beat. Yeah. Anybody that knows Jackie knows that she gets her steps in on the midnight shift walking around the um, old executive office building. Yes. She'll tell you, I get 10 plus steps every night. Um, so definitely, though, you know, back to your family. I know how important they are to you. So as you come up on your last couple of days with the Secret Service, what does retirement life look like for you? Uh, Jackie time. Time for me, uh, for the, all the old schoolers out there that have heard of hammer time, it's going to be Jackie time. So um, it's, you know, um, stay in the bed till 11 o'clock in the morning. I don't have to worry about when I go out late evenings to come back in to prepare to go to work. So I'm still going to maintain the schedule of volunteering and doing what I normally do but I won't have to worry about coming to work. So yeah. that's about, that's going to be the only difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know that everybody around you, as much as they love you at work, I know they, you know, will enjoy the fact that you'll be able to, you know, do a lot of the fun things that you like to do on your own time. I know you like to spend your time at the nursing home close by you, um, spend time giving back at your church and um, be a part of that environment and group. So I do think that people will definitely be able to enjoy you a lot more in your community um, as much time as you give to them right now, but to even give back even more um as we are currently right now and um the month of february and as we all know black history month what does that mean to you black history month means constant progress to me um african americans have always been a part of black history dating all the way back to the mid 17th century up until the present time Um, There were first African-Americans then, and we're still witnessing first African-Americans today. We have great examples even of first African-Americans in the Secret Service. Uh, The first African-American female uh, uniform division inspector was Inspector Vivian Ashton when I came on the job. So um, Black history... Um, plays a very, very important part of our society today. Uh, Black history is American history. Black culture is American culture. And Black stories are essential to the ongoing story of America to include our faults, our struggles, our progresses, and even our aspirations. I definitely agree with you on that, you know, to be a part of the Secret Service and to have, you know, the first um, African-American president and to be here for the inauguration. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as we defend anybody at all who's going to be in the White House, but that is still a historical moment for anybody. And especially in black history is very important, um, definitely to talk about and touch on. Um, 
as we transition into the month of March, what does uh, being a woman in law enforcement and then Women's Month mean to you? Okay, Women's Month means to me um, empowerment. Um, It highlights the achievement of women, past and present, who have helped to build and mold this country. Um, It empowers young girls around the nation with courage, self-esteem, and willpower to walk in our ancestors' footsteps and to inspire current and future generations to emulate the women who laid the framework for women to succeed, to be treated equally, and to be recognized in our society. Uh, We have great examples of first women pioneers right here again in the Secret Service. Um, The first female deputy chief of the Uniform Division, Deputy Chief uh, Katrina Bonas. Uh, the first uh, female director of the Secret Service, former director Julie Pearson. Um, I have been here to witness all these women first in the service. Um, Women of every nationality are continuing to make a great impact in every arena of life through politics, medicine, television, sports, and the list goes on and on and on. So women play a big role in society today. You know, um, hey, without a woman, there wouldn't be a man. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Uh, I can agree on that. So we are important. (laughs) Definitely. Um, And you're important. You're important to the Secret Service. Um, To have you um, here in the studio with us is very, very important and emotional to me. And I think that everybody who has had any type of interaction with you at all, you have definitely left a legacy with us here um, with Secret Service wide, not just uniform division, agent side of the house, APT. As you mentioned, the resident staff at the White House, everybody is going to miss you as you leave the Secret Service. And I know it won't be the last time I talk to you because we talk all the time. And, um, you know, you care so much about my kids and my family, um, just as I do for yours. So it is such a proud moment to have you here in the studio. We appreciate you taking the time, opportunity to come and talk to us. We wish you so much in your retirement and we hate to see you go, but we love the fact that you'll be able to enjoy that Jackie time. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much for being with us here in the studio. Thank you so much for having me. Until next time, this is Sergeant Technician Natasha Rose. I want to thank you for spending time with us at my first footbeat with the United States Secret Service Uniform Division. 